Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers In 2016 Reliance Jio completely revolutionized India's relationship with data by drastically dropping the costs of 4G data to rock bottom levels And with that we saw the internet boom as tech giants like Meta Google and even other internet in the companies jumped into these data highways to provide over the top internet services for Indians on really cheap data from digital transactions to calls to food delivery to edtech India has made multiple unicorns on the back of access to cheap and easily accessible internet and now telecom operators want their cut and government also wants to bring these ott applications under the fold of the communications ministry hello and welcome to another episode of business line state of the economy podcast i'm your host aishikar i'm a tech journalist with the publication and today we will be discussing the many facets of the debate for the new regulatory mechanism for ott apps that is now in consideration i have with me two esteemed guests Dr. Mansi Kedia she is a senior fellow at the Indian Council for Research on International Economic Relations and Mr. Bharat Reddy is the program who is a program manager of graduate certificate in public policy for technology and policy at the program in Takshashila both of these individuals have had extensive research experience in the field of tech policy and we will be talking to them about the new regulations that are being considered for ott uh, applications on top of internet services that could likely come into the fray with the new telecom bill that is under discussion welcome mansi and bharat let's jump right into the argument of telecom operators and these are not necessarily new arguments uh, uh, we have uh, debates around this that have been in the fray eu as well where uh, telcos and eu sort of want to levy fees against big tech because they think that that they're not contributing adequately as far as revenues are concerned to the kind of capital investments that telecom operators are making on the network side and there was a quite a nifty analysis done by tri uh, of like how operators revenues have evolved since 2013 uh, since data has become more ubiquitous and cheap in india and the revenue stream that is coming from calls and sms has significantly reduced to what it was at 58% in 2013 to now uh, it is much less it's below 10% as per the recent numbers so do you think in this kind of environment where telcos are increasingly having to rely on data for their revenues which is inherently popular like populated by all these internet companies is there some sincerity in the argument when they want some kind of level playing field from the ministry or uh, some sort of cut from these uh, ott players when it comes to sort of uh, investing into their network at the moment uh, bharat um, so i uh, thanks i uh, see it's great to be here so the telcos claim that they are highly taxed and they are highly regulated um so there's um, a license fee that we have to bear there's spectrum cost there's uh, telecom equipment costs and uh, security infrastructure all of these things and there's even a uh, universal service obligation fund that we need to contribute to so all of these are an additional burden on the telecom um, service providers and ott platforms or what the uh, communication platforms 
um, they have to, they're offering similar, maybe, um, you know, uh, substitute products, which uh, without having to comply with any of these, either regulatory costs or the um, uh, monetary costs involved. So, um, so there's an unequal footing and uh, it's not a really uh, level playing field. And they say that they're losing market share in, in the messaging or the calling uh, uh, revenue that they, were, that they used to get. And that's going to these uh, uh, communication services. Um, so they say that uh, they have high capital investments because of the transition to 5G and later to 6G. And to keep a pace with the um, the uh, the growing needs of the uh, the data, which is increasing exponentially, they need to upgrade their infrastructure. Uh, revenue generated is not enough to meet these needs, and that uh, the communication service providers need to pitch in and have to compensate uh, for some of these uh, uh, the costs that they benefit from the infrastructure that they're benefiting from. So this is, I think, in a nutshell, what the argument of the telecom service providers is. Um, maybe we can um, see what we think about it uh, as we go along. So, Mansi, in in this paradigm, like this is what they are. This is obviously what telecom operators are stating that this is the kind of premise that they are operating in. But given the kind of slowish investments that they are uh, sort of making in five G, when even as let's say a journalist are not able to really understand where monetization for telcos really lies in the kind of new areas of network that they are entering into. Uh, do you think that there is an element of sincerity to these arguments, that there is a need for the government to potentially consider how we can uh, bolster telco's uh, revenues? And in doing so, we need to sort of get OTP players to kind of participate in the play. I mean, obviously, governments globally have shut this idea down when EU was discussing this. I think 18 countries shut the uh, potential idea down of big tech sharing some costs in networks. You're paying some amount of fee to telecom operators so that they are better compensated for how the networks are opening and more players can sort of enter into an area that is normally populated purely by telcos. So do you see, do you think that there is a need and the government has identified a key vein of concern for these telcos and this needs to be addressed in some way? Sayushi, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, let me uh, sort of break this question into two parts. I think there is sincerity in part where the telcos uh, are arguing that their business models have been deeply affected by substitutable services, even if um, they are not function, even though they are functionally similar, they are completely different entities. So there is obviously a disruption when it comes to um, the existing business models and the revenue sources for the telcos, which means that they have lesser at hand to do multiple activities, including investment uh, in infrastructure. And uh, there is also uh, sincerity in the argument that there is only so much that they can put into investment given the current financial health. And here I'm excluding, uh, let's say, Reliance Geo and to some extent Airtel, which are uh, Reliance Geo has been uh, running profits for a few years. Airtel recently turned around, but we have only two, uh, you know, like well-running, well-established operators. Vodafone Idea is still uh, running a loss and we don't know slightly uncertain about what the future would look like. So in this scenario, it is true that there may not be enough 
money flowing in as investments as is requisite for the growth of india's infrastructure segment so these two arguments are true and sincere in my opinion whether the telcos say that ott should be paying them i sort of disagree with that part of uh, the argument uh, i mean why should otts pay them uh, otts uh, may want to contribute to uh, may be required to contribute to the overall uh, investments in infrastructure is a separate question from otts wanting to uh, otts having to pay to telcos in fact i would think that any such uh, uh, any such arrangement would actually risk too much concentration and centralization of digital infrastructure and content in the economy so i'd be very worried if that were to happen i would rather and because of concerns of where the money would come from and we require these investments um it is uh, true that uh, at this point ott seems to be a big otts or let's say the large traffic generating ott seem to be the entities who can help contribute to the infrastructure investment but not in a way where uh, they are uh, they are liable to pay to uh, the telcos we've made some proposals uh, in our report and they're obviously subject to modification but i think there is merit in considering that otts given that they benefit and given that their survival depends on the existence of infrastructure if we look at it in a very dynamic and in a long term sense if quality of infrastructure investment improves then everyone stands to gain from it so let me let me stop here in fact i think you also made a important uh, point which i wanted to go back to which is uh, you know investments in 5g and that is also because there's no clear market for 5g at the moment you know if you really ask a lot of individuals including me that what is the difference between a 5g and 4 it's so it's not discernible and therefore i have very little incentive to upgrade to 5g and pay 100 rupees more 200 rupees more so yeah so there is there is it is true that uh, telcos don't know where the money will really come from uh, for them to pump more and more into it in investment so there's a there's an investment gap that needs to be filled up and the key question in my mind is that and not whether otts should Play, pay to telcos because there is a lack of a level playing field so that part of the argument i disagree with so two questions here like i mean the, this whole idea of uh, ott is somehow paying some kind of levy to the government i mean when i when the when the telecom bill was in discussion and i started covering this there was a whole vein in which a the, uh, the government wanted Uh, OTT players to play some form of license fee to kind of make it a similar kind of service as uh, as is the case uh, with your telecom operators and also they also introduce like a slew of other requirements that they could potentially want uh, in the draft telecom space which is from EKYC to security concerns to sort of make it more and more under the fold of ministry of communications get these companies also registered in india potentially also regulate apps like signal etc which kind of fly under the radar in this space uh, and that sort of opens another kind of myriad of debate around should you, you want something like a kyc if you are operating on a messenger or on a signal or on a twitter for that matter uh, i just the way the kind of this debate is opening up now ott players are also asking that instead of like if 
you want to introduce some sort of regulation, it is much better to be done under Ministry of IT instead of Ministry of uh, Ministry of Communications or the DOT. And then there is this eternal battle happening between the ministries on the other side as well. What I'm trying to get here is where where does that ideal regulation lie? Is there any kind of model internationally that we can potentially take note of? Or is, is this a completely new field entirely across the globe? And where, what is that sort of middle ground that allows for the key problems that we have identified with telecom operators uh, around level playing field, all of those other things to be addressed as well as the government's concerns around security and uh, just generally like knowing where things are. Um, is that something that you or Bharat could comment on? So I don't know if there's any kind of a precedence, but the problem I see with requiring a KYC or uh, something like that is that uh, these communication services are, operate across geographies. Right? They're usually global in nature. And uh, it gets really complex for them to comply with re uh, regional um, kind of uh, regulations like this. So if India has a different kind of regulation in, in Europe, they have a, a different thing. So And they're not able to uh, comply effectively with all of them. Uh, you might have a kind of a splinter net where each region has their own communication platform. They might not be able to effectively um, you know, uh, talk to each other. So the value of uh, WhatsApp, for example, is that I can I can call anybody um, irrespective of where they are. And it's not just one specific purpose, right? So uh, you can text someone, you can call someone. It serves as a community, um, you know, building uh, tool um, of late. It also uh, allows you to maybe uh, transfer money to somebody. So all of these different um use cases in one single application so it's not it, it's it's not directly substitutable with what uh, the telecom service providers offer and um so it it's it's a different um, um it's not the same way you would re regulate a telecom service provider and another thing i want to add about um the regulation i mean the um having the uh, big tech firms or the communication platforms pay for the infrastructure is that you're all the customers who are using this infrastructure are already paying for it. So everyone who subscribes to content from the uh, OTT entertainment platforms or through um, uh, you're, you're downloading a message or you're um, uh, uh, sharing something on WhatsApp, you're already paying for the data that you use as a customer, right? Um, so why do you need to um, charge why why do why does the same thing have to be charged twice once from the customers and once from the OTT platform so it does not that just doesn't add up for me right Mansi do you think that there is uh firstly like I'm very curious to know what are the alternatives to 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 these tech companies potentially paying to telcos like how do you address that investment gap? But do you also think that the Ministry of Communications is kind of overstepping in this area to try to get uh, get into the fray of trying to regulate communication OTTs in particular? Uh, or do you think that that is something uh, that they have kind of rightly identified at this point, especially with like how they also like beyond just investment, they also are like 
payment for networks they clearly want kind of a similar awareness of where the user is on the network as they potentially have in the telecommunication side to sort of emerge uh for a whatsapp or a signal something like that so you know i think it's true that uh, you know the that whatsapp uh, and it, all such ott communication apps have obviously become of scale uh to the extent that you know these questions have arisen i don't think like 5 years ago people were worrying so much about it and it was not only in terms of uh the revenues of telcos so i you know i i think it's important that we move out of this assuaces them that keeps happening um in the sector because at least as far as uh you know we are concerned we should be concerned as public policy professionals to us both are equally important but very often uh otts and telcos get pitted against each other where i think in practice there's a lot of more cooperation and collaboration but when it comes to these policies and licenses it becomes uh, very combative um however having said that um uh, whatsapp has and you know not so much the other communication apps but they have and there is a very uh, there is a graying of zones right you have now zoom and webex also having some sort of licenses some have a numbering scheme some don't have a numbering scheme uh, we always had the voip so regulations around these are evolving because technology is moving way too fast but if like i agree with bharat that uh, while whatsapp is not similar to airtel functionally i can make a call from whatsapp and i can message and i can uh, do other things that uh etel allows me to do except that etel does not have a uh, whatsapp doesn't have a network of its own so without etel whatsapp is meaningless so to if if that is the case then i liken whatsapp to what we call the virtual network operators where you are basically leasing in the infrastructure or borrowing or whatever you may want to call it using riding upon the infrastructure to deliver your service so obviously then that would mean that even if for security reasons or to contain or any sort of sort of mishap or misuse that may happen on whatsapp given that it's become such a huge communication medium it, uh, it cannot the it cannot be exactly uh, what how airtel is being regulated because it controls a huge amount of critical infrastructure and uh, the 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 structuring of the business and the types of services it offers is very different from that of whatsapp and airtel today but to some extent uh, whatsapp can be likened to what you call a virtual network operator which is basically providing uh, services uh, communication services riding on somebody else's network so so it's not completely to answer your first question it's not completely outside the domain of uh, uh, dot i feel like it is because it is used as a communication platform and you you cannot think of it uh, purely as a content platform like should netflix be uh, managed regulated licensed by uh, dot no should whatsapp be perhaps yes that's where i would stand in terms of so the types of otts are different here we are only talking about communications ott because they do play a huge role in um, in communications and i i there, there is no which does not mean that they become equivalent to today's airtel or jio but they do become equivalent to some of the voip services and some of the vno services that see some sort of minimalistic licensing yeah uh this is my last question and i'll let you guys go net neutrality is the term that is being thrown around i think it was more to do with when these uh telco started to say that we want to charge a facebook 
to use our network to potentially access consumers and stuff so obviously it creates for a area where a free like a free internet is not something that can be kind of proliferated so obviously you have a bunch of civil liberty organizations etc start talking about net neutrality uh, is that something that uh, the government needs to be sort of uh, yeah like how do you best protect net neutrality is it through purely through licenses and through direct regulation from the government or can the government potentially explore uh some other partnership with telcos and otts and some kind of collaboration that they were also alluding to to and that and that model still allow for net neutrality in some way is that even something or is it like a slippery slope once you get once you start seeking those kind of interactions between ott and telcos then obviously like a free and fair or net, uh, that sort of internet is not going to uh, come about so the so the idea behind net neutrality is that um, the internet service providers should treat all content equally uh, irrespective of the origin of that content so it means that um, these companies should treat all data equally that's one thing and also they sh- the um, the the platforms from where this con- content is originating they should not uh, be paying the operators to deliver their content um uh, in a uh, over a faster lane or that uh, the end users end up paying less of because a part of that cost is being subsidized by these companies right so uh, all data is equal all end users um, um access it all the same so it has a lot of benefits it um it it is good for a startup to be able to compete with a big tech firm because um, their data is going to be treated on par uh it's it's good for uh, it it helps prevent consolidation of market power either at the uh, t, uh at the service provider level or at the uh, the company the tech companies that are providing these uh, communication services um so um the way things are i think that works uh, better so you treat the network as a pipe and everything that flows through it should be treated equally Uh, so you can have different quality of service for different kinds of content for example a uh, um a voice data might be treated very differently compared to uh, um if you're watching a movie and that can that uh, the video content is being streamed um so or or you're playing a, a live game and that requires very fast data to be uh, transferred but even if there is a few losses so different kind of applications have different requirements so distinguishing between those kinds of applications is fine but within one kind of application there should be no uh, differentiation between based on the source of that data or which provider is serving that data so yeah i think the way it is um, is it, it works uh fine and i don't think the, there should be any kind of a levy um on the communication platforms or the entertainment platforms right just finally just one more thing about uh, selective banning on of apps it is something the government has been trying to explore obviously there is one side of it where it says it says that this is not even technically possible that i can selectively ban a facebook in this particular area or like certain apps in this certain uh 
kind of geography where you're having a particular unrest etc happening um do you think that that's that is something kind of worth exploring though still uh to sort of still allow for access to in- i mean obviously there is this whole debate about whether or not internet shutdown should be imposed in the first place like government has its arguments and this is the society uh clearly points out like the kind of fallacies that exist within that but uh is selective banning a more like a less aggressive approach to the debate that allows for sort of other parts of of internet of how businesses access internet or, or different entities in those or institutions in those areas access internet still be kind of allowed for and specific apps that uh, the government particularly deems to be whatever inflammatory or whatever their reasons are so uh, the that should be banned is that something that that should likely be explored and is it even possible on a technical level for implementation of the kind of approach that the government is taking now so um, i think the selective bans actually could lead to worse outcomes so firstly people might find ways to um, go around these bans by either using vpns or proxies or something like that um other than that you might also see alternative platforms emerge in these kind of uh, conflict prone areas and these platforms uh, might not be the um, the best which are in terms of content moderation or being accountable for the kind of uh, um, um security they provide to the users or the kind of uh, content that's shared between those users and the more you try to ban different applications people will fa- find ways around it alternative applications will come up to serve that need so um if if there is uh, so this is a i think a, a very important problem of the age that we're living in so you have um um information which travels very fast you have consequences of the, the speed at which that information travels and that's a a challenge that has to be addressed uh, this might not be the best way to approach it so you people will find ways around it people will find a different uh, platform um and in the long term you might be worse off than where you are so you might uh, where you are now you can still have these big platforms which are trying to regulate hate speech or uh, disinformation on their platforms and uh, that's a challenge but it's trying to i mean there there are efforts to address them but when you have silos where which are completely uh, out of the uh, you know and, and where um, there are no efforts to regulate the content so you'll you'll be in, in a worse off position than where we are right now so i think uh, uh, um banning the internet is not the best approach uh, uh, and banning selectively some applications is is not good either uh, the you more efforts should be made at transparency at maybe um um you know and there are effect, uh, good reasons why people use these applications also when when you are in a conflict prone area you want to maybe let your relatives know how when that you're safe you want to um you know all of these are also uh, kind of lost when you selectively ban applic- uh, a certain app or um you know or turn off the internet at all uh, completely right so um so you need to find better ways to maybe deal with the uh, disinformation or the hate speech that goes on and it is a difficult challenge but it's something that uh, we need to figure out how to do yeah mansi any concluding thoughts 
Um, no, I completely agree with Bharat. I don't think, I mean, that selective banning of uh, apps is a good idea to deal with the problem of uh, misinformation or, uh, and you know, we've, we've done some uh, field level work on, you know, what, uh, how different states and different emergency situations uh, are responded to. And, uh, you know, while for some states we found that, you know, it's just pure inaction and a lazy uh, attitude and just thinking that, okay, let's just ban the internet and, you know, things will come under control. But in certain states, and interestingly, when, you know, we were interviewing uh, in Jammu and Kashmir, uh, in Srinagar, um, those officials had really spent a lot of time to see how they could minimize the uh, the impacts, you know, to the extent, like some really interesting things that they had tried to do is that they said, okay, and this was, okay, uh, four, five years ago, but I think it still holds true. They were saying that most of the misinformation is spreading through, you know, videos or images, you know, where people get enticed by seeing some video or something like that. So they would slow down the speed of the internet uh, instead of shutting it down. So people could, yeah. yeah, they could just, they could still call each other. They could still send WhatsApp messages, but the video uploads and picture uploads wouldn't happen. Um, then uh, they also did something that depending on where the terrain was, if it was a hilly terrain, they would just sort of turn off one single tower because they knew that the perpetrators or the movement will not cross over quickly. While when it was happening in planes, then they had to shut off a, a larger part of the uh, larger parts of the network. But then there were other states who, even if they were practicing it, spent a lot of time doing assessment of whether it worked or whether it didn't work. But the fact that they were they were trying to justify and explain why uh, and how um, in the absence of other mechanisms they were trying to minimize the impact so it, it's a bit of a mixed bag you know honestly uh, but definitely selective banning of a few apps i i completely agree i don't think it helps it's just going to i mean nothing is stopping people from coming up with newer platforms or finding other ways to uh, access these apps so um, not in favor of that in terms of and shutdowns is a bad idea overall but I just wanted to highlight yeah. these one or two interesting uh, things we picked up from the field where uh, the cybersecurity officers and people who are really managing these um, conflict situations were thinking on their feet and uh, trying to minimize uh, the impact on uh, civilians. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. I, uh, yeah, I did not know that there was some like circle second in like how they are thinking about international times as you look at them. Yeah, I think that's all I had to ask you guys though. Thank you so much for taking part. Sure, pleasure to be here. Thanks, Bharat. Thank you. Aishi. Thanks, Aishi. Yeah, thanks, Mansi. Yeah. Uh, nice having this conversation.